Cindy Serbins. And I'm Mike Urbans, and welcome to It's Your Water. I'm glad you found us. Question I get all the time is when should I replace a system versus repairing that system? It's going to apply to water filters, the water softeners, the chemical feed pumps, UV lights, the big items mm-hmm. you'll find in a basement. Right. And since I'm kind of like the parts guy and the knowledge guy, people ask me, I, I hear them in the basement, <laughs> should yeah. I replace this thing? So all these years, I've accumulated some knowledge that I want to share to you on this podcast to say when it makes this sense to rebuild versus trash it. Mm-hmm. So there's some things to consider. Again, I always say a lot of this is common sense, but things have changed. You know, the technology's changed. So we'll keep you up to um, speed here with this podcast is age. Is it just out of warranty or is the bugger 20 years old? Is it just an old piece of, you know what, down there just, just hanging on to mm-hmm. its last resin bead? I mean, softeners, they, they last a long time just by the nature of them. Mm-hmm. And so do UV lights also. The electronics versus the old time clock stuff. You have... New electronics and technology. Tech, technology. I think that's, <laughs> that's a company, a good one. Yeah. actually. <laughs> wait wait a minute. Wait, I think we just came up with a, a flubbed up word. But electronics and tank technology, they've come a long way. They have these plated tanks, like the Vortec tanks, mm-hmm. and they give you a lot more efficient flow and some distribution tubes to consider in the last 10 years. So you consider the new technology versus old. So if it's really old, it may not be worth it. So we'll go over this. And the consumer, you know, they may save bucks with a brand new valve. Just put a whole new head, then you got a whole new package. Basically, like a whole new system. Right. But we'll get into that Pandora's box. Oh, you need a new valve. Yeah. <laughs> Take the Uh-oh. valve off. And yeah. The resin is mush. Or is it crack distributor tube? or the you know? But how much time would a rebuild buy the customer how much more time is if you do this rebuild how much more life are you going to breathe into the patient five years uh, yeah five five uh, months uh, uh, Who knows? no guarantees and do you make a guarantee we'll talk about that how long do you guarantee your work how much well how extensive is the scope of the rebuild you're going to have to be your forensics and scientists there and sit back and say hmm you know, is this a basket case or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, what lies within those fiberglass wrappings? <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll, you can tell. We've done other podcasts on um, not really the same subject, but just some Pandora's boxes. When you, It was a fun podcast yeah, we was. did we'll on have to uh, do another Nightmares in the up, Basement. We're coming up to uh, the holiday season again. Yeah, yeah. How long should I guarantee the rebuild? And avoid the Pandora's box situation. And if you're in your gut, you feel that this thing is a basket case, don't be a charity giver. Uh, Don't be charitable and say, oh, well, we can fix this one. And next thing you know, you're stuck slaving over this horrible situation. It's Pandora's box that you just opened up in the basement, which really applies to a lot in these modern times, I you know, always date stamp these things, but this is, well, this, we're still in the COVID yeah. problems here. 
and the supply chain is absolutely horrendous at Horrible. this time of year. And will you get the parts? 120 days. Now, here's the other thing. I just had an epiphany. Is would it make sense more to patch your system up because nobody can get new systems sometimes? This is true. You might be able to get the parts, but sometimes you, you know, can't, get, you the can't get the parts either. Yeah. But do you patch it up? You really, it's really up to you to look at this. But here's some more specifics that I've learned over the years. The system age, we talked about this. Is it over 15 years old? Your resin's probably pretty much shot. Ion exchange resin or filter media. Filter media is filter media. We, mm -hmm. we can get into that. That wears out, and you always have to rebed that. Right. Activated carbon. You got to rebed that. The uh, people know this going yeah, in. Yeah, they know it going in. But not Limestone, with the water, but, water softeners. But water softeners, chemical feed pumps, say old, old reverse osmosis systems, UV mm -hmm. lights. You could pretty much look at them and see how much patina they have on them or mold. <laughs> but, and the other thing is, so age, that's, that's a big factor. That's basically it. Yeah. You're going to look at it, age. How much money do you put into that old car old, before that, you say, the old car. I'm going to get rid of it? Yeah. If it's a leaking oil, yeah. Softeners are a lot easier to rebuild in yeah. car cars. Well, I, I, I was just trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah, I know. But has the home changed? They added on a pool. They put in a big jacuzzi. They put in a wing with a, a soaking tub, tub and, yeah. and and big body wash added showers. On. Yeah. So then you're, it's pretty much trash it. Time for a new one. How long does the resin usually last, Mike? That's you get this question all the time. It's if it's been exposed to oxidation, like chlorine, will kill resin pretty fast. Mm -hmm. So that affects resin. But think of ion exchange resin as a miniature molecular sponge. So when you brine it, it actually will swell a little bit. And when it exhausts, it'll contract a little bit. And we're talking bazillions of, a, mm -hmm. of an inch. So that... Swelling, contraction, swelling, contraction will ultimately fatigue the resin and break the beads. And the little broken beads will go down the drain. Right. So it almost tells you when you shine a light, if you can, or open the tank and do your forensics, you look down inside that tank and it's quarter full. Mm -hmm. Like what happened yeah. to the resin? Yeah, that's why you're it not cracked and blew out. Water. Yeah. It got finer and blew out. So is it safe to say that if you're on city water, after five to seven years, they should change it? If, and it depends on how many cycles, if it's being beat up, uh, if it's undersized. Okay. A lot of times they undersize softeners and they, a lot of manufacturers will cheat. And then you put 18 grains in there and it's cycling and cycling and cycling and cycling. So you're beating that resin up. So if it's not cycling, if it's cycling, say, let's say once a week and it's city water with no chlorine, Go that doesn't 10. exist, Michael. There's always chlorine in Chlor city water. Well, no, with the carbon filter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pre, oh, we've yeah. got pre-treatment. Yeah, pre-treatment. Oh, okay. You should always buy a carbon filter on your chlorinated system. And, yeah, I don't yeah, see that. Always pre-treat with carbon. And so your resin would be probably 10 to 15 years. I mean, look well, yeah, it goes it's not seeing chlorine. I'm saying on city water... Without the carbon filter and with chlorine. Five. It could be as little as three years if three you don't get five. the right chlor. Uh, yeah, resin. and it, what, depending on what the resin is. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's around and around. It's one of your guidelines. It's an open question, but 
really, in a perfect situation, just softening water, 10 to 15 years. Okay. Easily. I mean, that's where you do your forensics, your autopsy, when you do look at it. So also consider the new technology out there. In the last 10 years, there's been big advances in quality of electronics. And some tank technology has come along to make the regeneration process more efficient. So if they have an old time clock pump and dump kind of salt hog and you can upgrade them to an electronic either an entire package brand new or an electronic valve and save them quite a bit on salt you're not going to burn salt and burn water so that cost benefit analysis Mm -hmm. that you should always do will pay off in the long run it may pay for itself in 15 to 18 months it could it could. So that's a consideration is new versus old. How old is right. it? And how outdated is the valve head? And simply sometimes by screwing a new valve head right on the tank will buy you another 10 years of efficient water treatment. Mm-hmm. So the uh, surprise in the tank, this is the, the next thing. This is the autopsy evaluation forensics. We're like forensic scientists. Is it just a water softener? We just talked about right. that. Chlorine will turn the resin to mush. Right. If you take a, a thief, as we call it, you just get a piece of pipe, put your finger over, stick it down the resin bed, stick your finger over it. Like a straw. Like a straw. Pull up a sample of resin, mm-hmm. put it down on a, on a piece of paper, and if you could roll it like ball bearings Mm -hmm. then it's good hard resin if it crushes or gets turns to mush the resin move on move on filter media is if it's a rock solid mess in there and you could see that if you take the valve off and put a bright light behind a tank if it's a beige tank color tanks you can't shine a light through but beige tanks you can actually shine a led light through right and then see if it's rock solid down okay. there. If you see little golf balls of, <laughs> of, of things floating around. KDF material, that uh, redox alloy, the, that sometimes will bind itself together into a giant penny. And you have to jackhammer that out. Yeah. Oh, move on. Move on. Yeah. New tank time. We'll talk about this too. When you're doing your estimate to this, these customers, you got to keep it open-ended. You be frank and honest with them. Let's come downstairs. Let's look at your system. Mm-hmm. From my evaluation, I can see from not even opening up your tank that your brine tank is full of water. You have a leak coming from underneath the co- valve cover, and there's water running to drain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are not good things. And you say, I could maybe attempt to do this, but you want to leave it open-ended if Indeed, I get into this system, and I find this, this, and this. We may have to declare it, declare it dead. I'm going to give it the college try, but we'll give you $50 off for your next system, something like that. You go, let's do an evaluation with uh, uh, 
a price to save yeah. or a price to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to cost gonna, you either way. We either go to a party or a wake. Or a wake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just be frank and honest. Don't, you know, I, everybody wants to help people there's there's a helping gene in a lot of people and then there's and the that's greedy greedy evil gene like you yeah they just go and get in there buy sell anyway let's talk about the valves so the big three right, right. clack auto troll and fleck i mean we could get into all the other sub brands but that's we don't you know, have time yeah, they, yeah i mean they call it get water right now they're all but i'm saying the clack base because most of our customers are I mean, if you're a franchisees, you know, we sell to you guys, but you know your system and you know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the tried and true Fleck Auto Troll Clack valves mm-hmm. out there. And a lot of them, they're just heavy duty buggers and they just go and go and go and go and go to 15 to 20 years. But sometimes new electronics come along and you could just unscrew the head and put another one on or put a switch brand manufacturers. Is there but, a way to just look at a valve and say it's shot? Yeah. If it's leaking from a seam, these plastic valves are plastic welded. Right. Or, and they're molded. Autotroll had the plastic welds. Some Pentair had plastic welds. It was kind of cool. But if you see water oozing from a, a solid part or a seam that's not an O-ring seal or a piston seal that you can see it's coming out of the connecting rod of a fleck piston. Well, mm-hmm. that's easy. You put a new piston in there. But if it's coming out of a seam of plastic, it's shot. Don't even. Just unscrew the valve, throw it away. You're never going to fix plastic. What about a, a brass or a metal valve? Brass valves rarely will leak because they're so thick. Right. So they'll get pinholes, maybe. Oh, But okay. what happens with the brass valves is they internally bypass. They have a seal and spacer cavern built into them. And these are separated by thinner pieces of brass. And what will happen is you'll do a whole rebuild, but it'll still run the drain, or it'll still give you hard water. And you're mm. like, what's going on? Well, you have an internal crack, and it happens Can't with the it. 2750, 2510, uh, or the uh, 2500, the old brass fleck valves, uh, which are mostly gone now because the plastic has ruled, and they make plastic robust enough to do some commercial duty. But always remember that, that you can get an internal compromise in a brass valve. It's a good question. So, so if you see a leak, just write, don't even listen, just trash it. Sometimes you can switch the valve manufacturer, but you got to be real careful. Clack was genius on this one, where they kept the inlet and outlet orientation the same as Pentair Fleck. Okay. So, but not Auto Troll. So you're getting deep doo doo because the inlet and outlet are switched. You're going to blow all the filter media into the house. Mm. It's a complete nightmare. Always look at the orientation when you're switching a valve. So do the inlet outlets match? Distributor tubes. Is it a one inch or is it thirteen sixteenths distributor tube? You got to be real careful with that. And the height of the distributor tube is it above? Like Auto Troll cut, they wanted it above, like an inch and an eighth. Erie old Erie valves was it 
a quarter inch below the top of the tank, I mean. Mm-hmm. And clack will fit all three. You can go oh. above, you can go below, okay, and you can go even. But you can put a different manufacturer. Yep. you can screw them right on. on. But just be careful the inlet outlet orientation right. in your in your diameter of your distributor tube. Old auto trolls, which you should not be getting into anymore. I mean, if you see an old, that will go into that. Uh, forget it because they have a skinny little distributor tube in there. Okay. And you could get burned if you see an old uh, Flex Seven Thousand valve because they had a thirty-two yeah. millimeter. I was about the Boy, only one that sold the 32-millimeter, though. According yeah. to Pentair, uh, ResChem back in our, our old days when we sold the 7000s, were the only ones that used the 32-millimeter riser. So, but we got around that. We could do it. We did a clack rebuild on that. Thank you, uh, Master Water Conditioning. So how do... Let's go by each valve now. Okay. Fleck. There's a little bit more labor to repair, and it has a lot more small little parts that will go, uh, I call them oh damn parts, because if you drop them on the floor, you go, oh damn, where'd that go? <laughs> so we, they're oh damn parts. And they have a uh, seal pack, mm-hmm. but it's not a pack. It's a, a seal and a spacer, a seal and a spacer, and you and you have to have teeny little fingers to get into the, to build it. So... Fleck built a tool. It's called a stuffer tool. So it's kind of like a weird hypodermic, and you shove the thing into the valve, and you pull it back, and you shove it in, and you curse, and you pull it back, and <laughs> and you just hope you get it right. If you so don't have, you know, and they have timer motors are easy to get to. Uh, you were going to say something. No, I, what I was going to say is so when you're considering repair or replace with Fleck there are more parts and potentially more labor involved. Yeah, more labor. Uh, they have O-rings, external brine valves. But for the most part, the valves are very robust and well-built. They're yes. very heavy-duty. And usually when they do die, they die hard. Okay. And like the old 5600, the 2510, 2500, 2750, they're rebuildable by many times. Because right. they have a piston, and that piston wears. And you, you should never really trash a newer, because it's a wear part. So on Clack, Auto Troll, and Fleck, that wear part is very easy to remove. And, and it usually can happen in five or six years, you know, bad water, three years. But don't trash the whole thing because you've got to put a seal and spacer kit in it because it's very easy to do. So uh, this sounds like a maintenance opportunity for a, a an aggressive dealership. Sure, sure. You do a maintenance program, maintenance contract. Right. Because those parts don't cost that much. And they're very easy to remove, replace. So, clack. They did their homework, and they're very easy to repair, less costly on your labor. They have a one-piece seal stack, so no special tool outside of their special service wrench and their service wrench is like a macgyver tool has everything you need flip it this way flip it that way you got everything you need and they have a polymer piston in there so fleck uses a uh, teflon coated uh, brass piston that can wear out faster they have no external brine valves on clack where it's an internal brine piston that's people overlook that though it's a little stinger on the end of the piston, always buy that when you're buying a piston. And they have one drive motor that fits all. 
I mean, that oh, drive gosh, motor. the whole line. Yeah. I mean, all the way okay. up to the big industrial ones, like the big two inch. It's the same little, little guy. So it's a real, real easy, user friendly to rebuild. And you can convert a softener valve over to a backwash valve fairly quick. It's mm-hmm. easier to go from a softener to a backwash valve because all it is is you take the brine elbow out, put a brine cap in, and snap it, you're done. <laughs> I, I have a question about this. Reprogram it. Clack, you say here that it's really user-friendly to rebuild. Mm-hmm. What prevents the consumer from going in and doing the same thing? The handy consumer, because uh, these valves are kind of intimidating when you look at them. Oh, are they? Yeah. But can, can they get the parts? Probably on the black market. (laughs) (laughs) Clack is very, and I give them kudos again, for not going to the end users. I guess there are some websites. I never really looked at it. Yeah, I can't. I just was To get Clack parts, but they're very tightly held to the OEM market and the supplier and the dealer chain, you know, to keep that, their valves from being mishandled or misserviced. So... Autotroll, it's the big old dinosaur. There's a special place in my heart for the Autotrolls, but they're big old inefficient valves. They have an electronic package that's probably the most, which they say robust again, but the most, well, gives you less problems. Okay. Less, Less problems because it's just simple electronic package. That's their logics platform, but... Their old timers were just horrible. They had thin little gears in there, but you can replace them in a matter of seconds. It mm-hmm. was like NASCAR again, pew, pew, done. You have yeah. a new timer. So they were disposable, but they easy to fix. Mm-hmm. And they had a flapper system. Clack and Pentair use a piston system. So mm-hmm. it's a piston that goes in and out, in and mm-hmm. out. So that wears. I'm waiting to hear how the flapper goes. Yeah, auto troll. <laughs> Is it flippity they can't flap, see. Flippity flap. <laughs> they can't see your hands. Yeah, you can't see my hands. Yeah, <laughs> they have a cam and a flapper system, and the flapper basically corks a hole. And oh, okay. so what happens is, is those flappers would wear out, and right. you would just go in. It was kind of tedious. A lot of screws, and if you screwed up, you screwed up because if you cross thread it. A screw. Did you ruin the whole valve? You ruined the whole valve. Oh, yeah. beware. So you had to be real easy with your self-tappers. But if you finessed it, and the flappers, new, the new flappers, the last 10 years, very rarely wear out. Yeah. What happens is the internal plastic wears out, where the sure. flapper hole corks the hole in the flapper, and it, it breaks down. Eventually, we all wear there's out. No more, yeah, there's no more flapper in the hole. And so... Like a bad heart valve that leaks, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the 255, this was the genius of the auto troll. It had a quick disconnect, so you could literally pop a whole timer, whole valve system on and off with just one little key. Uh, it was a uh, like a um, U-clip. You take that off, pull it out, pop off this whole valve, pop a new one on, boom, you're Move done. on. Yeah, mm. yeah, ten minutes, and wow! But it's just an old dinosaur. Just yeah, the technology. But my gosh, if you look in the basement, and the oldest valves down there that are still running are typically the old auto, auto trolls. Yeah, well, I, just because it, of the flapper. As Michael says, we need to timestamp that. 
So at this point in time, getting auto troll parts is very challenging. It's impossible, yeah. Yeah, it's very challenging. But if you come across, now we're talking about the 255s, 263s, 268s. You can get parts and rebuild them. But if you come across a 155, 163, and 168, they're square old clunker valves. They're extinct, no more parts, Move obsolete. On. And really, they're probably 20 years old by now. That 163, I think, over 20 years now. So get yeah, the whole and, system and so shot. The, the, the tank is probably 20 yep. years old in the resin. So that makes it easy. It does. Moving on to quickly to ultraviolets. Ultraviolet lights. There was no standardization in ultraviolet light. Yeah. Could you imagine for anybody listening here that your light bulbs in your house were not standardized? Oh my. So every time you put fixtures in your house, they would be completely different bulb bases. Oh no, it screws left. Oh no, four pins. Oh no, step pin, three pins, bottom pin, nipple pin, everything. It is astounding. And the frustration of UV light unstandardization. But that being said, they all use a quartz crystal for the UV to shine through, a stainless steel chamber, which is robust. A stainless steel chamber never really rots yeah. out. If your stainless steel rots out, you've got deep problems, <laughs> bigger <laughs> problems. Something ahead of it's not working. Yeah. But what does wear out on them is the electronics, the ballast. The old ballasts out there, remember the old fluorescent lights and they used to go, yeah. and the lights yeah. used to blink and they used to use them in scary movies? Mm-hmm. Well, they can't do that anymore because they're electronic ballasts. I wonder what the movie <laughs> people are doing now when they want to make a, a blinky fluorescent lights in a slasher movie. But So, because now they're electronic and the electronic ballast, you can replace the old they were like an oil ballast. They had uh, like coil and oil in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, landfills are oozing PCBs everywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> the, electronic, the electronic ballast is tiny. It's like this little, you say, how can that work? Well, they do. So you can replace that ballast, but a lot of them have electronic boards. It depends on your manufacturer. But typically, some made the ballasts and plug system all modular. So if it did die, you could just replace the whole modular piece because you have this big static piece of stainless steel, mm-hmm. this quartz tube, and a nut with an O-ring on it to keep the water in. And so that part of it is there forever. It's the electronics in the ballast in a, in a UV light. Now, in... My experience with Urban's Aqua, when that goes, it goes all at once. Because yeah. it feels like every time we've had sold one of those, it's always a rush. And it's a panic. Yes. Yeah, well, because of people's water is getting contaminated. Well, I, I know. I know, I realize that an alarm goes off and yada, yeah, yada, sh- yada. Should have those spares. Yeah. Yeah. So with UV, do you think that if it's maintained properly, it has to be seen once a year for a light change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost never have to replace the whole thing. No, no. What ages out is the technology around the ballast, the okay. electronics. Okay. 
but that's it. They go, they go and go and go. So it's repair, but, repair, repair. Mm-hmm, Don't worry yeah. about replacing. Yeah, because you're there every year doing the maintenance yeah, on them. You'll know. Yeah, and uh, always replace the quartz and this bulb at the same time. Mm-hmm. Don't cheap out because your quartz sleeve can get dirty, like sunglasses to your UV bulb. It's worthless if your quartz sleeve is dirty. So replace the quartz, replace the bulb, replace the O-ring. That's why a couple manufacturers make you buy the package. Right. UV, O-ring, quartz. UV kit. Bulb. Moving on, the chemical feed pumps, the two big ones, Stenner and, and Pulsifeeder, the Chemtech, the old blue and white one. The uh, Stenner is infinitely rebuildable except for when the electronics go. When the electronics go, just truck it. Okay. They have a year warranty on them. But the classic Stenner, you can rebuild that bugger, <laughs> I mean, front to back. But then cost versus benefit. We have a couple big dealers who have, say, retired people in the back. And <laughs> they give them bins of parts and old dead Stenners to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And then they send them out as rebuilds because Stenners are pretty much outside of a meltdown in the motor, are pretty much infinitely rebuildable. The old Chemtech 100s, you have a cop kit, which is a the rubber diaphragm goes in them, and you could just unscrew that rubber diaphragm and then put in new fittings, the Delrin fittings and stuff. They wear out, and chlorine eats everything up, and chemical feed pumps get punished. I mean, really punished, but I'm only talking on those two brands because they're the only ones I know. Right. Uh, there's a ton of other ones. I mean, sure. a million other chemical feed pumps. Just disclaimer here. I'm only comfortable with Chemtech Stenner. There's a lot of other great pumps out there, but they're simple. You look at it and you know it's dead. But so, I mean, to sum it up, it's really a cost benefit analysis of each job. If it's just a seal kit and piston and seal kit and it's regular maintenance, just do that. Piston and seal kit. Boop, 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 done. And it's still like probably under five years old or five to ten years old. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty simple. And it's still giving people good water. So that's you yeah, take that out of it. If it's leaking, forget it. Trash it. And it's really what the customer can afford. I mean, there are some charity cases that you can take on. And usually they'll become huge charity cases. <laughs> but you know the situation. You judge in your heart if it's you know an older person that just really, truly can't afford it, and you have your junkyard in yeah. the back, and you can replace this thing, do it. So, or fix it up the best you can. And be ready to have options for the customer before you go there. Or maybe, you know, like I said earlier, you look at it and you say, look, I can do a $100 evaluation on this, which I'll credit back to a new system. Oh, it went up from 50 to 100 now. Well, it's 100 now. It's inflation. Okay. Tomorrow it'll be 150. Yeah. So... I just want to point out that I'm listening. I know you are listening, yeah. And for a water softener, it's how much water and salt savings you're going to gain by new efficient electronics. You know, and look at the septic tank. Your benefits there going from an old clunky time clock to a high efficiency. And I say high efficiency, not even, just an electronic valve that you can adjust all the cycles you can adjust everything and i'm a big fan of electronics because they're fully adjustable while we're on the salt subject 
chlorides have become big issue, yeah. a big issue. Mm-hmm. So if you come across a valve that's a time clock, WQA would love for you to change it to a demand Demand valve. metered electronic yeah. valve. Yeah. Because that will prevent the heat from... Oh, yeah. You're fence. doing nature better. You're doing your yeah. local regulators better. Exactly. You, you just don't want the septic guy going in every and going, see that? That's uh, that go. softener. Them softeners. Never mind bad. the rock salt, but it's yeah. the softener. That's the softeners. Yeah. I don't and know not what the excuse the in Florida are, is. People are dumping grease and oil down there. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want the an inefficient softener to be a lightning rod of regulation. And so if you see an old time clock, change it out for demand regeneration. I truly, as of this podcast, I think time clock regenerators are pretty much dead. I don't sell them. I try not to. And uh, maybe you shouldn't either. So off my, uh, my soapbox here. So, I mean, to sum it up, it's really just a forensic autopsy. A rebuild is a forensic autopsy. So inspecting the parts of a dead softener will tell you how your new softener is going to live. So you want to look at that. Just don't throw it in the dumpster. Look at it and see why the parts wore out and adjust accordingly. It tells you a lot. It's a forensics thing. So, did it have a long life or did it die young? Bottom line. And why did it? So, it tells you a lot about your rebuild. And that's, you just have to sit back and do that cost-benefit analysis. But routine maintenance aside, you know, it's not an issue. But a long-term softener that you just rebuilt or you're replacing, you decided to replace, not rebuild. See why it died. It's a good time to do it. So, that's all I got. I have one more thing. No, you got one more thing. On the commercial side, we do have some commercial mm-hmm. applications here. If the customer calls and says you're not getting, they're not getting soft water, don't assume it's the resin. <laughs> You'll have a big system with 10, 15 cubic feet, 100 cubic feet. It's mm-hmm. not giving you any soft water. Make sure you get the resin analyzed because it might not be the resin. I can't tell you the number of times we've sold resin and then the customer has the same problem. A problem. Yeah. And that's a problem Commercially, for Commercially, it pays to get the resin analyzed. Yes. Yeah, we wouldn't do that for a homeowner's no. job. It's no. just to, it's to too, one it's, cubic foot, dump it. Yeah. But. And in most cases, you want to get the analysis just to, before they spend all that money, you want to figure that out. Well, basically, what she's saying is you can actually have resin analyzed. Mm-hmm. You can do a forensic autopsy on it. That's right. You have to. You can't do it on carbon. You can't do it on anything else. But ion exchange resin, they can actually do tests on mm-hmm. and run the capacity. Commercial. Commercial. Mm-hmm. Definitely commercial industrial before you just assume it's the resin. Yeah. And now I think we're done. Okay. Well, trust the frog. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.